What's up? How you doing, man? Sorry what? for the late, you know, computer stuff. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Nothing's easy sometimes. Yeah, these days, nothing's easy. It <laughs> used to be, but not not anymore, right? It's very true. Technology sometimes is not your friend. Technology, yeah. <clears throat> As of late, I when I go out and do, like, if I'm working or I'm just uh, just like trying to take on the day at the end of the day, I would tell my friends like, oh, that was easy. But in reality, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You know, maybe also coming out of uh, the pandemic a little bit, just being cooped up for, I don't know, how long, a year and uh, a half, two years. Right. Everything seems that every little thing seems more challenging. It truly, it truly is. It's it's just or, been a hurdle. Or we're making up for lost time. We were doing too much. Do you feel that, okay, before the, the pandemic, it was like we were, <laughs> we were always like on go. It was just like we we're living day to day, but we were just going really like New York fast, right? And then now we come yep. out of it and now it's just like twice as fast. I think we're the same. It's like now we're trying to maybe overcompensate for, you know, not doing much for a little mm. while. And like, so we feel like we had to go extra hard. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to check out that third bar that I heard about. Oh, you know what? I do want to see that art show after this uh, brunch before this, whatever. It's like, you know what? We don't really need to do that. We can no, do that no. next week. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's always another day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think i think we are maybe i think we're the same amount of busy as pre what did you say bando pre-pando for me <laughs> uh uh i um but you know honestly yeah i think like there was a time where we, we got a little lazy which know, really which did. was good i actually somewhat liked the break but i also think it wasn't so good for me either no, no, no. Speaking of lazy, and you're based <laughs> in New York right now, and mm-hmm. no, it seems like you're in an office, some some floor high up. You got open windows. Undisclosed corporate headquarters in Midtown Manhattan. We love, we love. Speaking of lazy, and we're not lazy. Like I, <laughs> I remember. I haven't heard the term lazy or like said the term lazy in a really long time until when I went to my brother's apartment, he had a lazy boy and I was like, no way. Like a real one. A real one. And I, and when I sat in the lazy, I was like, I understand. You know what? It's true. I mean, why, why, why do we, why do we think it's in bad taste? You know, comfort. (laughs) (laughs) Let's embrace it. Let's just embrace it, you know? I mean, just because you're in yeah. the middle of nowhere and I got nowhere to go and <laughs> I I just want to do nothing. And I, I sat in the Lazy Boy. My brother has, like, all the video game consoles. And I just, like, sat oh. there and I was like, this is what it's like, you know, to have a corporate job, live, <laughs> live like a king, and also live like a piece of shit at the same time. <laughs> You know, my only bias is against uh, video games. You know, it's a personal thing. I actually mm-hmm. don't allow myself to even enjoy those because I do feel like I would get hooked and never leave said lazy boy or whatever. I would just be, you know, on there too too much. So, yeah, you know. 
But I've I can, done that but too. I appreciate it. We all have our things, you know. I think that I thought that I was the only one, but I'm glad that to hear another person say this out loud about not allowing them to play video games. So I played video games as a teenager and as a kid, but when I got yep. to this like age, I was like, no, I'm not going to play video games until I've made it. Like, I don't know what made it means. I just want to <laughs> know like that. I'm just like financially like responsible and just like, I can, you know, take the world by storm, but like it's there will be no. I mean, it's so much a part of our culture now. I, uh, mm. you know, this is how people communicate there's all kinds of memes that are very video game centric. People talk talk through each other. It's, you know, it's like their nights out. So I, I kind of I feel like I'm missing out on that. But on the other hand, I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be you know blissfully unaware of what what's happening in the in the gaming community. <laughs> yeah, I I'm on I'm with you on that one. Like I just realized that for a city person like ourselves i just feel like we're a man's man whereas we're not contractors um we don't you know we're not working on a house by any means but we are doing what you know we're we don't have we're not sneaker heads we're not we we don't have uh we don't have video game consoles and we're not hoarders so you know <laughs> how do you know i'm not a sneaker head i might be <laughs> I'm not, but uh, that's another hobby. I don't. I feel like afraid to start as well. It's it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> I I woke up this. I'm not a sneakerhead too, but I woke up this morning to my StockX account saying that I sold a pair of shoes, and it's so funny. Like I'm not a sneakerhead, but I am. Mm -hmm. I I am good at flipping. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, I, I I haven't pursued that because yeah, again, I just feel like I think I'm cheap, maybe in, in those regards. Like mm. I don't want to, I don't want to lose any money. Mm. Oh <laughs> I don't yeah, you lose any space. Also, yeah, it's a space thing for me too. Like, where do I get? Where am I gonna keep all these? No, these boxes. Once in a blue moon, I would know the market. I would just like I would find a pair of these like rare sambas or whatever, and then like, okay. oh, it's a size fourteen. Uh, that's rare because like I don't know any size 14 people so I'd buy one and then just easy flip but when I realized like throughout my life that I am good at like flipping I just thought why am I not like a realtor or something like why am I not like flipping houses? stocks get into get into real stocks maybe maybe that's the hobby I how did you know that I <laughs> I do actually I I do do that I, but like I do that with I uh I, I do that with um a family member and i i just i don't yeah. have the i don't have the capacity to just like always check on the stock market though i uh it sounds like it could be a daunting but uh, i think it's my new year's resolution going into next year just to be a little more generally fiscally um <laughs> fluent uh -huh. and uh you know just sort of understand it more and just kind of you know try you know Beginner, you know, baby steps. Baby steps. No, we love financial yeah. uh, literacy on this podcast. This is oh, a good. financial That's podcast. Good. Just I didn't like, know that. Oh Jesus! Oh. I'm all right. <laughs> Sorry, I should have boned up. 
This is a money-making podcast. Uh, <laughs> we just tell people what to buy and they don't buy it. <laughs> no, but I, it is good that you're doing that because, yeah, as of late, as people should. People should be financially responsible. And yeah, I mean, literate. also, I think uh, I was actually thinking recently I'm, I'm getting a little cheaper mm. um, just generally, like, not, not, not to say I wouldn't buy a friend a drink or mm-hmm. a, you know take my wife out for dinner. I don't mean like that. I just mean mm-hmm. like maybe it's the inflation, but you know everything's mm-hmm. so expensive now. No. I'm like I'm not, I'm not so willing necessarily to throw down so much money on a yeah. mediocre meal. You know, I love that you brought up the the word cheap because that is something I'm not. So no, because I, that's what I, I, I was talking to my friend the other day about, I love that you said that because I love going out and I love to spend money. That's like yep. what I love doing. I don't care how much it is. Um, and I don't care about how much things cost, but I do care because uh, I'm, I'm huge on a deal. Like I'm big on deals. I'm I love deals. What I do notice about myself is that like if you cross me and I see that you cross me, oh, I am that type of person to be like, yeah, you are getting like a low tip. Like, like <laughs> that's how yes. Like I notice these things. Like it's I'm not I don't play by the rules. I just know that were you ever in the service industry? For more than a decade. Oh, okay. So, you know, you know, how I, know. It is. I know how it is. I, uh, I waited tables for a few years myself and, uh, you know, so I, I, I know it's a lot of work. It's a hard work. It's probably the hardest job I ever had. Maybe. Um, yes. I don't mean to be cheap on our, on our service peoples. Of course. Uh, it's more like, you know, it's the restaurants. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not bringing the goods. No, know? they're not like, bringing the goods. I, I'm finding, uh, I'm finding going out to eat with a, you know, just, just being just a constant, I'm just, I'm just disappointed. You know, I just want something, you know, quality, solid. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, I went to Peter Luger's for the first time. Okay. um, Last weekend. This sounds like a real flex, but I was actually there for a bar mitzvah. And uh, that is, that part is a flex. (laughs) But I had never been there and I really get the hype. The Mm -hmm. food is quality. It's Mm -hmm. top notch. I mean, I don't think they've changed the menu and, 150 years i mean their version of a salad is wild it was just like an onion and like a tomato and dressing and you you, you cut it like a steak you know it was but it was amazing i never had anything like it you know and the you know the, the martini was great i can't tell me how many, how many bad martinis i've had like like mm-hmm. people just don't if you don't know how to make it just say i oh, sorry it's not my thing here's a beer but i've ordered so many bad martinis lately i can't even tell you no <laughs> yeah it's so I unfortunate. Mean, you know, if you, if you can't do it, that's fine. You know, I, res- I can't really make a great martini myself. But if I'm here to order one, you better. You know, and I'm spending the money. Let's 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 see what you got. You're spending the money. Like that's the thing. It's like drinks yeah. now. Cocktails are more than meals. Oh, oh yeah, easily. <laughs> and it's just. Actually, like- I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't drink because you know, the the bill would be a lot cheaper. It's just the thing is that like I don't mind I don't mind spending. It's just like, dude. I mean, I don't drink, but ordering a mocktail is stupid. 
Oh, mocktails. Are yeah, are they are they jacking the mocktail prices? They're like you just knock out like the gin or whatever, and it's just like <laughs> it's just like it, it's it's like it's just like garnishes with water. Like it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm like what? Uh, but the thing is like, and and that part is like. It, it's just like look at us we're just like talking now cheap like it's just like funny because <laughs> yeah. I, I like i don't care like i understand that the bar needs to make money because like i understand yeah. like inflation that's so what's like, happening it's yeah. yes yeah but yeah. to and you can nickel nickel and dime me all you want like and i will tip greatly like if you know I can see that you're putting in the effort, but I'm getting like yelled at now, like for like att- like being a patron. Like it's like crazy. Like there's know. no, there's no, yeah, it's there, there's to be a win-win situation these days, it's like I can't I can't believe that like going out, like going to a bar is <laughs> a privilege now, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Are you in Philly? Ooh, I'm in New York City. But I'm um, oh, currently in oh, Brooklyn. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, me too. I was yeah. just thinking like, uh, I, I, thought, I thought I saw you were based in Philly, but I go down there a lot and I find that it's just a little less pretentious, I guess. I mean, that's the rap, you know? And uh, so, but then also getting a little pricey though. <laughs> Philly, Philly right now is just being too, it's just being, it's, it's getting ahead of itself. Hmm. I love it down there. This is no, this is no, uh, I'm, I'm very pro Philly. I'm a pro Philly New Yorker. Uh, I got my, my best friend lives down there. So I'm there a lot. So I enjoy it. But yeah, I'm noticing the prices getting a, just creeping up a little bit, you know, no, nowhere near Brooklyn, but you know, I'm from Philly. So you, you were, oh, yeah. you, you were spot on, but also mm. uh, I've lived there for quite some time, but no, you are correct here. Here is, the hot take though this this is the secret i i think of like honestly any city it depends on the coffee price so if you go to a coffee shop and the just the plain black coffee if the black coffee is like more than what you normally pay it's expensive the whole city is expensive yeah that's a good one that's a good gauge Mm-hmm. So what's a cup of Joe going for in Philly these days? No, it's it's the same price as a New, a New York cup of coffee. Oh, it is. So yeah, which is is wild. And in Los Angeles, it's more than. Oh, that's a coffee town. Mm-hmm. I think that's always been true. I lived in LA for a little bit, and mm-hmm. uh, the coffee bean and tea that that was my addiction. Uh, yeah, what was that going for back then? That seemed pricey even back then. It was like ten years ago. Speaking of yeah. addictions, do you still have any addictions? Jeez. Caffeine. I don't know. I'm not comfortable saying I'm addicted to alcohol, but I certainly enjoy it. Uh, maybe caffeine is my is my one, though. Yeah, I, I do get a little cranky if I don't have my, my, my morning mud, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, no, I don't smoke. I don't really do drugs or marijuana or anything so Mm -hmm. i guess just coffee i only ask because i have an addictive personality and yes caffeine is i drink a lot of matcha oh yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my one mistake this morning was drinking like a little bit of coffee. I'm like off the coffee train. Okay. But I do have an addictive personality and I love yeah. to do these things more than once. Do you, I, I do notice my friends are very into gambling on sports and um, we love, there's no question there. Yeah. You're into that. Yeah. I, I see. I think that's another thing like video games. I don't want to even start it. I'm afraid yeah. I'll, uh, I'll get sucked in. Maybe I do have an addictive personality. I'm, I'm just not allowing myself. Yes. No, that we're on the same page. I I do enjoy gambling for a second, but I can see it. Same with strip clubs. <laughs> and I can only, I would have to put a, a max on like how much money I'm taking out. And like, yeah. that's just the, how, how I'm, I, that's just how responsible I am. Because oh, I also right. want to support that's... the arts too. Right. It is an art. No, no question. Um, that's right. I, I think that's how I discovered you. You were at uh, a very famous uh, Los Clown Angeles Room. establishment. Yeah, Jumbo's Clown Room. That's a strip club I love because that is art there. It's it almost like that is like it was once described to me as the Star Wars bar. You know mm-hmm. that. Uh, um, it just feels like in, it's just interesting to me. You know, it's a it's a dive bar. It's a performance art place. It's um, it's everything. The secrets because they don't show breasts. Like they don't show. Is that true? Yeah, they don't. They they don't bear all. They they don't bear all. They're not. They're not. Yes, it's there's no nudity, and that's why everyone can come together and have meaningful conversations. Right. Yeah, because I don't think of it as like a burlesque place. No, that's the thing. That turns me off a little bit too. Burlesque because I'm not into. No, that's a that's a whole other thing. It's a whole other thing. Like there are bur- burlesque sensibilities, but like there, it, like it's it just doesn't bring it in. It just doesn't bring it in. Right. <laughs> I can make conversations with like people left and right. Uh, like when we were there, Miguel was there, and so we were just like bonding with Miguel. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it oh, it was cool. <laughs> it was definitely an institution where everyone comes together, and there's like forget your troubles type situation. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. There was there used to be a place when I went to college um, called Billy's Topless. Mm-hmm. It was in the, kind of like the East 20s. And then uh, there was a law that passed where you mm-hmm. couldn't have a strip club uh, within a certain distance of churches and schools. So a lot of strip clubs uh, closed down. But Billy's Topless held on for a little longer because then they became Billy's stopless. <laughs> and then they, uh, they just wore bikinis. But I went to that a lot. I actually went to it a lot more when I was stopless than topless because it was just kind of, yeah, it was just kind of fun. Low stakes. Low stakes. <laughs> you know, just sort of like, yeah, let's just pop in. Rashad, and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Jassar. You can check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. 
rate and comment the Wear Many Hat Show on Apple Podcasts and drop five stars on Spotify. WMH and Desar is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Antonio De Pietro is the perfect wingman. Tony is known for his central gag strip, My Wingman, when we all need a metaphorical laugh through oh, his comics. One of a kind artist, Tony is a great entertainer that specializes in rap record design, slow jam mix saves. Please welcome Antonio De Pietro to wear many hats. Thank you. I feel like I'm applauding myself. <laughs> sounded, that sounded nice. <laughs> nice to be here so the yeah. last 20 the, minutes or are mm-hmm. we are we still chatting oh of course yeah the it's it's all in it's all in it's all in the mix okay, don't worry cool. nothing Great. left yeah. out don't lose nothing that don't out. lose that don't lose that billy's topless no uh, of course not did i hadn't thought about that in years yeah no 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 we we legends will never die you know we need to <laughs> we always need to we need to reflect on the past and um yes we also have to honor the past. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. So this yeah. is where I come in. I've, I've been feeling very uh, nostalgic today because um, I was listening to the uh, Andre 3000 flute album. Mm-hmm. Have you heard it? I haven't heard it. I just know that <laughs> friend of the show, Braulio Amato, designed the cover. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, oh, the drawing, the black and white. The yeah. drawing. It's cool. I dig it. And, uh, and I was just like, wow, I'd like the the lead singer, you know, the the main rapper, the GOAT, Andre 2000 is now, you know, an instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snoop Dogg announced, I think, yesterday that he quit smoking weed. Mm-hmm. It's just so many of our, you know, our, our legends are, are changing or evolving, you know. Times are changing. Diddy's in the news. I, I don't think we need to talk about that. But you know, everyone's. You know, it's uh, it's interesting time. I was feeling nostalgic today, as you should. And Andre, yeah. um, I mean, that was a long time coming. Because speaking of Philly, he was he was always in Old City or Center City with his flute. Like you oh, could yeah. always yeah. see him with his flute. And you know, fans of the show, if you're listening. Like break out those selfie photos. We know you have them of you yeah. and Andre with the flute. Like th- now is he filming to... out there? No, he was is just he living out there. No, he. I don't. I don't. Actually, yes, he was. He was filming. He was filming mm. with yeah. um the How I Met Your Mother guy. <laughs> okay. And so yeah, they yeah, and so he was just bopping around town playing a flute, but no one understood why, which was right. kind of bizarre. And that was quite some time ago. Yeah, I actually, I just saw a video interview of him um, sort of sort of explaining it. I don't know. He just felt very inspiring to me. You know, he was sort of explaining why he's not rapping and the whole flute thing. And it just felt very, you know, I don't know if it was performative or what, but it felt very genuine. You know, he was really, he's moved on. He's doing he's his own thing on. now. He's moved yeah. on. I found it cool. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan anyway, but, uh, you know, I just felt it very relatable. You know, felt very real. Outcast was a, a beautiful, brilliant moment of our time. And Big Boy, yeah. I mean, like, or, um, yeah, don't sleep on Big Boy. Yeah. Big Boy's a, an integral part, of course. <laughs> you know, the Dungeon family, the whole crew, the whole crew. Yeah. I, 
everyone's doing good. Everyone, everyone, everyone's doing great. Yeah. But Andre, of course, yeah, he, there was something special about him. You know, he always, he's always ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. I have to say one of the best concerts I've ever seen was the, um, was the Outcast reunion. Mm-hmm. I guess it was like 10 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they started the tour at Coachella, which is a real flop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but by the time I saw them, they had already played a, a handful of festivals or something. And it was like a, it was a, I had, I had very low expectations. It was a Microsoft sponsored ad week oh, God. event. Wow. I was like, this, this can't be good, but you know, I got to <laughs> try it out. And you walk in and I have to say to Microsoft's credit, it was just one sort of step and repeat, you know, you kind of walk by into this club. It was the club in Midtown called, uh, what's it called now? The Nokia something theater, mm, you know, Nokia theater. small, yeah, small place. And, uh, and you know, you know, a bunch of suits in there, you know. And uh, you know, a corporate guy from Microsoft gets up there and goes, uh, "Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Outcast." You know, and it left, and that was it. And Outcast came on, and it's again a small venue, full band, dancers, DJ, and performed for like two hours. Every song, every hit, I had the best time. I mean, it was incredible. It was really the best show, and I couldn't believe it. You know, unfortunately, I had to be on Microsoft soft sponsored event in the Nokia Center, but I'll take it. It was uh, it was really one of the great great shows I've ever seen, and I really left there thinking, you know, not only are we the great hip hop group of all time, I think they're one of the best bands. Period. You know, their catalog they never really missed. So yeah, let's give the let's give the flute album a chance. Actually, I've only I've only gone through track one, but I'm I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the I'm liking the direction. It's not like it's it's almost like meditative music. It's yes. um, you know, it's it's in that kind of zone, Alice Coltrane or something mm. where you you can do yoga to it, you know. I don't oh. know. Something like that, you know. I don't do yoga, but if I do I was gonna say I throw it on in the background. Oh. I'm but not against yoga. I'd like to. I'd like to get into it. That's my. That's another one of my uh, 2024 uh, mm-hmm. uh, New Year's resolutions: financial, uh, you know, fluency and yoga. And yoga. Yeah. So you would definitely say that you're a big rap fan. Oh yeah. I mean, of a certain era. I, I you know, and I don't mean to be one of these, you know, cranky old heads. I, I'm sure there's great stuff out now. I just. I think I do gravitate to the new stuff that sounds like the old stuff. Yeah. Kinda, you know? Yeah. Cause Yachty the other day was saying that <clears throat> rap is trash right now. Yeah. And he's got like a psychedelic rock record. Oh, I love that record though. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I have to admit. Yeah. I was skeptical, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. I was in Korea when that record dropped and it, it was just perfect timing because. Oh, that's good. Good travel record. Travel record. Yeah. yeah. I can't and listen to headphones. it here, though. I can't listen to it here. Yeah. It's funny. Now, everyone's relationship to music is, is, I guess it's always been somewhat contextual, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's like people now, it's, they're in their own heads a little bit. You kind of just, you can't listen to certain things in certain places. Talking to yourself is acceptable. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, is he like, oh, no, it's just Rashad. Leave him be. <laughs> How do you feel about the people that play their, uh, like, their their Bluetooth speakers, like, on subways or, uh, 
You know, I don't. They want to share. They want to share with everyone what they're into. I don't intrusive. I don't mind it, but like, uh, I mean, I, I. It is interesting to hear all of the singles have remixes. They when they bring it, bring the boombox out. It's like a remix. Oh, you mean just generally? Yeah, it's, generally. Never the reg- it's never the regular track. Mm-mm. No, no. Yeah, yeah I, part of me is always curious too. Like, hey, what, what's what's happening over here? How do, how does this? It could be any age too. I hate when people talk on the phone loud. Oh yeah, come on. That's that's uh <laughs> like on on anything. Um, I also hate it when people watch their movies loud. Um. Like why? Yeah, that's the only thing. Are you so? Are you a subway rider regular? I am a subway rider regular, but I notice my my friend friend and guest of the show, Dylan Schwartz of um apologies. He apologies. He was he was chatting with me the other day, and he said that he saw me on the subway. So I'm a subway masks rider. So I still wear my mask. Yeah, um, smart. And I, I, but I'm a subway mask rider with my headphones on. Um, and he said that he saw me, but he was like, "I saw you, and you, you had your mask and everything." So it seemed like you didn't want to be bothered. And I said, "I don't. I don't want to be bothered. That's why I still have it on. Like I'm just like I have all this stuff, so you don't talk to me." It is a tough thing because if you bump into someone. And you acknowledge them, and you just want to maybe get back to your book or your podcast, or whatever. You have to like say that awkward thing where you're like, "Oh, oh, hey, good to see you." Okay, but now I'm just going to sit here and turn my back to you for the next twenty minutes. Yeah, you don't do that, of course. No, you sit there and you, you know, you you shoot the shit. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> that. Yeah, sometimes I do pretend I don't see people. Is that mm-hmm. is that is that bad? No, I don't. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I just don't want to. I just don't want to. I just don't not not on the subway anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. the subway because I have somewhere to go. I have somewhere to be. I'm a subway reader. Ooh. That's really where I, that's really where I get my reading in. Um, I got a Kindle for Christmas about I don't know six years ago, maybe longer, and it's kind of transformed my reading habits. So I mm-hmm. basically read a lot now, and it's mostly mm-hmm. always in the subway. And so I actually, if I do bump into people, I get a little annoyed because I'm in the middle of a, like, this is my reading time. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely, you're definitely going to bump into someone. Not always. I don't know. I mean, I, it can get, I go in rush hour. Maybe that's why. Cause it's like, we're just jamming in in the morning. Right. Jamming right. at home, you know, on the way home. Um, so I, you, I, can, I can get lost in my book. So you're a reader on the subway, but are you a comic strip? illustrator on the subway no never never so you don't work on any of your comic strips i might write something you know i Uh I actually i'm always writing so that's Uh not true i I do get inspired by uh what i see and read so Uh yes i I will maybe pull out my my phone and jot down some notes um writing is a process that 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 i'm becoming to really love and Mm -hmm. uh and it's because you know, prior to the comic strip, I would just, you know, I'd create images. I didn't mm-hmm. really have to worry about the the words. And once I started this comic strip, you know, it's a, it's become a real a challenge and a puzzle for me to think of these, you know, succinct things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not so succinct, but 
I, that's my goal is always to make this sort of succinct thought uh, or joke or both. Or both. Uh, I'm a comic stand-up writer on the subway. That's where I draw my ideas. Yeah, so you're actually like riffing like, you know, jokes lines. and sort of lines. Yeah. I guess similar. Yeah, I did the same. Yeah. And is it is it like do you then go back to the pile of thoughts and craft something out of that, you know, word salad or do you like uh how does that work for you elsewhere that that's the that's my only issue that i'm trying to figure out because like in the house no in the apartment i can't cook like that and then i have to go somewhere else like whether it's a park or it has to be somewhere outside i I mean i'm trying to write more inside the apartment but i just can't yeah, I have a con. I have a, 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 a word document, mm-hmm. and I literally write a line all the time, and it just they just pile up, mm-hmm. you know, and they're numbered. I probably have three thousand lines, and every so often I'll think of a setup, and I'll go back to that document, and I'll just mm-hmm. tack it on the end of it, and sometimes it works. It's just that it's that random, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just interesting to see what happens. It's almost like an experiment. I mean, you have to craft a little bit, but yeah, that's like how I. Uh, I'm just constantly jotting it down, jotting it down, and then I kind of go back to it. It's a little tap into my process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tap into your process only because comics are back because Frank Ocean, I don't know if you saw this, but he storied the Matt Groening um, gag strip that I also have. I have that book that's like a- Life in Hell? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. He storied that, like he he took a photo of it and storied that that he had it, and immediately to m- in my mind, I was like, so you know, Twitter like blew up because like people think that he's like teasing new music or it's just like him being him, like yeah, yeah, mysterious, okay, mysterious, and yeah. yeah, I I have that, and I was just thinking, oh my god, is like a bunch of fans now just gonna buy, it? <laughs> or get into comics? Who knows. Well, you know what? I have to say, that's a great reference, though. That particular strip mm-hmm. um, has a big influence on me um, because it is so, you know, it is not a lot of gags in it. It's mm-hmm. actually very open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I actually probably more into that than The Simpsons. Uh, Life is hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I mean, is. I like The Simpsons. I like The Simpsons good enough, too. But yeah, that Life and Hell strip is, yeah, I, I, I constantly get ideas from that, you know. Not just about my own comments, just about just create. It's a very creative thing, you know. It is. Yeah. He went to school with another comic artist named Linda Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has this incredible Tumblr. For you listeners out there, check out the Linda Barry Tumblr. Um, she has these prompts. She's almost, it almost, it's almost like a, uh, a syllabus of comic strip or creativity where she sort of has these prompts uh, every day. And actually, Linda Berry and Matt Groening were friends uh, and went to college together. But um, she's another one that just I'm very inspired by. Um, maybe that'll be the next Frank Ocean uh, uh, reference. Calling it now. <laughs> do you have a duo that, or do you have any partners in crime that you riff comic strips off of? Well, I started my wingman with. Uh, Louis Ferreira, who's comic writer, a comedian writer, a producer. 
uh, we started it together and he was the writer, you know, that's how this all started. Um, for the first, I don't know, six months of our partnership. Then all of a sudden he had a kid, got too busy. So I took over the writing. And then went downhill. <laughs> yeah. Well, some might say that. I just feel like then I, then I couldn't let that go. Mm-hmm. And so I do have a lot of, I have very, a lot of funny friends and mm-hmm. people in my life. My wife's a writer and I will definitely um, ask her for some, some editing occasionally, for sure. You know, she's definitely a, uh, a good sounding board. And I am her sounding board. You know, she's, she's in the middle of a novel right now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm reading that right now. I, I always tell my guests or just friends that good things come in twos. It's just like, I feel like mm. even with this podcast, even though I do it by myself, I know that yeah. it would have just been successful a long time ago if I had like a co-host type of oh, situation. Yeah. Cause the banter is so much better. You need the you need your uh how long gone's got a nice little thing going with that. We don't mention that on this podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm an old school uh I'm an old school Howard Stern fan. You know, he's, uh-huh. nothing, he's nothing without Robin, you know. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. that exactly. That I agree with. And it's just you know, you started that comic strip with your friend and um you can't let it go. It's just like it's something special, you know, I, I like think about that all the time uh, with this podcast. I can't like let it go or I want it to be big in some way and, and like, you know, yeah. selling my soul, you know, <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, this, this is going to blow it up right here. This, this chat right <laughs> here. <laughs> this is going to be it. We're going to do it. So you're big into stand-up comedy. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, actually me and uh, Lewis, we used to host these uh, open mics out in LA wow. uh, when I lived out there. Um, I think the it was called room. the Gold, at the Gold Room, actually. It was, that was the name of the venue that we ended up in. But it used to be this very like DIY, almost punk rock thing. Like we'd mm-hmm. like, we just go in the back of a bar and um, he would sort of host it. I would DJ. Mm-hmm. That was kind of our dynamic. I was sort of his sidekick. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd host. I'd, I'd play music. I'd do a little kind of walk-in music for people. We do a little banter back and forth. And we did this, we did this probably like 40, 50 times, you know, That's so awesome. I was very, I was very ingrained in the com in the comedy scene of LA at a certain point. I did get a little burnt out on open mics, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, cause that's a thing where, um, you know, we had some really great established comics uh, come there and, and do great stuff, but it was also their opportunity to kind of work stuff out. Right. So, Sometimes it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't, you know, and that's, you know, that's part of the process, but right. um, sometimes a little hard to kind of deal with that, you know, Yeah, guys trying out their new stuff. That's like a little too raw, right. you know, not quite, not quite ready for prime time, No, but you know, that's the deal. You know, you have to kind of do that. Have you ever tried it? No, no, no balls, no balls. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if I'd be good at it, you know. I have to. I'd have to be really well crafted, mm-hmm. like written out, and uh, yeah, I just think riffing would be tough, you know. But I think those are the best comics that kind of they they are good writers, but they're also able to pivot, you know. Right. They're able to kind of work with the crowd a little right. bit. I don't like crowd work. I don't want to go to see a guy up. do. I don't like to see a guy just do crowd work all the time either. I mean, there there might be exceptions, but I find this is a trend now, and I feel like it's it almost- is. 
for the benefit of, uh, you know, Instagram or something reels. where people just reels. Yeah. Where they just kind of riff with the crowd. I'm just like, no, that's fine. But what's your point of view exactly? You know, like what's the, you know, what's your, uh, what's your angle? I want to do crowd work so bad. I hear that yeah. it's so hard, but I've never tried it before. I've done some, I've done some stand-up comedy before and yeah. I want to get back into it. Um, but I really, really want to do crowd work. What's your What's your thing? Though? Are you more joke writer or sort of monologue style? Or uh, I mean, I guess there is a crowd work kind of version of this now too. Like, a, right? I'm yeah. I'm monologue. Like, I have previous stories that are funny, and like yeah, I, yeah. I I lead it into like punchlines. A joke is just so fascinating these days. I feel like it's oh, like, yeah. how do you do it? And do people like it anymore? Like, you know, like right. there are those guys like Mitch Hedberg, who's uh, like pure jokes, you know, joke, 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 joke. Stephen Wright, joke, 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 joke. I love that stuff, but it's yeah. like not not many people can do it. And is it even that interesting now to people? Right. Do people want to just hear more about like, I mean, there's another trend where everyone was just kind of just telling their trauma, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, that, there are many specials, I won't name the names, where you just sort of sit through people kind of, almost like a TED talk. Um, right. And uh, yeah. Mine's story time. I feel, like that, I feel like that's moving away a little bit. Right. Uh, Mine's story time and there's there, but there is no trauma. Like I do not, my trauma was when I was trying out jokes that were about like my dating life. Yeah. In front of my like ex. And I was like, oh, this is trauma. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was like, I'm never doing this ever again. Like, I'm never gonna. I'm two of the things I'm never gonna do. I'm or or say out loud is dating and porn jokes. Like, those are the two I'm not. Porn, huh? No. Yeah, those are yeah. the two. Like, like about your own personal porn preferences, or just generally? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I like, I will only do like I will only it to like if. A, there was a crowd of my good friends of like three people like you want to know like <laughs> like we're out here and but to the world no especially when like everything's like kind of filmed now these days or like people take everything seriously well the film thing is that's i think that's dangerous to comedy i don't know yeah. i you know like yeah. i understand the the Chappelle uh thing where they're collecting phones and stuff yeah. like that it's i can imagine being really self-conscious about that you know totally your jokes are gone. Yeah. Well, even beyond that, just like you're not talking to an audience. You're talking to people that potentially have a bigger audience that you're right. not, that are not there for you. you right. Know. Right. I don't know. You know, and the thing about trauma is uh, some people can't pull it off, though, uh, in a comedic way, like Richard Pryor. Mm -hmm. You know, like that stuff is not always funny. Sometimes it is, though. And right. you're just like, Eesh, that's a rough life. But fascinating you know you want to you're on the edge of your seat with that totally so do you like try to incorporate jokes into the the gag strip now like you moonlight I do as try. a comedian i do i do try because it's um that is the thing like um how do you craft that uh that perfect succinct thought and i, I do have one that i like can i share it with you of course of course yeah you didn't go to art school, did you? I did, yeah. Oh. SVA. I, I went to Parsons uh, for the first year and a half. 
And then I was like, no, nah, I'm not digging this. And I transferred to FIT. I was like, what am I doing here? So then I ended up at SVA. Wow. Yeah. So I, I made the rounds. The only one I missed was Pratt here in New York. But mm. uh, shout out to Pratt. <laughs> um, here's the joke. I, I, here's an example. I've done a few of these. But this is one I, I did. I just, I find it very uh, succinct. This is the kind of my idea of a joke. Go for it. Okay. It goes like this. The caption says, yoga pants is a trend I can get behind. See what I did there? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. Thanks. You know, it's been a real challenge to do, because sometimes jokey, jokey jokes are kind of corny. So, you know, you got to make sure <laughs> you don't want to be that obvious, you know? No, no. That's always a, it's a balance. It's a fine balance. My My take is that I can't, I can't seem to not laugh at my own jokes. I'm a laughing at my own joke type of person. Yeah, I know. It's a bad look sometimes. It is. It really is. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to be that guy. Just, no. I'm so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all agree? It's like, if I were to do, if I were to do crowd work and so someone says something just funny, yeah. I'm just going to be like, damn. That's good. You're good. That's good. Get up. Get up here. Get, get up here. <laughs> Do your thing. Here's the mic. You got what it takes. Yeah, you got what it takes. You got what but it. You takes. know what? It's funny about humor in general. Um, I lived in LA, like the West Coast, for six years. One year in Portland. One five years, I guess, in LA. And um, I didn't find myself finding anyone that funny. Mm. And now maybe that's what somehow subconsciously drew me to the com comedy world in a mm -hmm. way. I don't mean comedian funny. I mean, just like, you know, the guy at the grocery store, you mm -hmm. know, the mailman, the, the barista, just, I just, I didn't, I didn't find myself laughing. And I, I remember like, I come back to New York for a wedding or something or the holidays. And I come back to New York, come back to LA. And, and I was just like, wow, I laughed the entire time. Like my stomach hurt, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it, you know, maybe it's just different sensibility or different kind of humor. But what I find funny is just the everyday kind of stuff that I, you know, just people are walking around funny. I find that to be true on the East Coast. I think New York's a funny town. I think Philly can be very funny. You know, the New England's got its own kind of point of view. Um, yeah, I just find it funny. Like, just people are funny, you know. Um, so I'm actually very inspired by just like, you know, the guy that you see, you know, the, the token booth guy, you know, he's got mm -hmm. jokes. Totally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just taught. And he's not laughing at his own jokes either, by the way. He's just funny. <laughs> I was just taught at a young age that to have a sense of humor is key in anything. Yeah. I value humor. Yeah. I actually tell that to my son. Um, I have a son. He's in uh, middle school and I say, I've got one piece of advice for you. Find yourself some funny friends. But don't you be know? the class clown. No, you can be the class clown. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a class clown. Uh, this is a class. You know, we're, we're class clown class family. Yeah, we're a class clown family. That's for sure. You know, we have to express ourselves somehow. That's very true. That's very yeah. true. My friend is an introvert and yeah. everyone thinks that I mean, I also have a podcast that I'm right. an extrovert. Right, I've been doing right. 
podcast for quite some time. And I talked to a lot of people that I've been extroverting myself into an introvert. Right. Cause you need a, you need a rest. You need to right. like, you need a break. I actually find that too. I mean, actually that that's something the pandemic uh, sort of highlighted for me is that when you're busy, 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 you don't think about it, but when you have time to yourself, mm-hmm. you get a little bit self-conscious about right. like, you know, gearing yourself up to like go out and be right. funny and do things and be engaged and all this stuff. Um, so I actually realized that now that kind of we're back and life's normal again, that I actually need some time to like decompress a little bit. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not always on, I can't, no. I can't do that. And that too, I'm not always on like I used to, I'm not even old. I just think that I can't be a jester like 24 <laughs> seven, you know, I, I don't like, what am I, I a clown to you? <laughs> 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 like when I talk to my friends, I I hate like there are ways that I can turn this to being like a little bit funny, but then I start to age myself. Like I start to turn into my dad because like my dad like yeah. is trying to be like funny every second. I'm like, dude, oh, yeah. we're at a funeral. Shut the fuck up. Oh, dad, dad's heavy on the dad jokes around the clock. Yes, around the clock. I kind of respect that a little bit. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I can see that being the son. Not as not as exciting. Are you the funny guy in your friend group? Am I the funny guy in my friend group? I don't really have any friends, so yeah. <laughs> no wonder you're laughing at your own jokes. Well, I'm your friend, Rashad. Thank you. <laughs> Are you? Are you the funny friend? Some groups. Some groups I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a crew from like really like that goes back to like high school, middle school that we get together every so often. This is the crew that's still in New York. A lot of my friends that I grew up with are not here, uh, but the crew that is, they're very funny. So I, I often have to, I got to wait my turn to jump in a little bit. Oh, uh, um, the waiting in the turn. I, I... yeah. Gotta, yeah, you got to make, you got to know. And then there's other groups where these guys are not, I, I have other friend groups, you know, different groups. They're kind of a quieter, more thoughtful people. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have overcompensate with their, mm-hmm. their politeness with my extroverted, uh, style of humor you know mm-hmm. come come comes on a little hard sometimes um so i have to watch myself around that the yes. quieter crew yes yes you don't yeah. want to you don't want to open rapid fire but the waiting in turn is something i can totally relate i i do have i do have it's like a funny, double dutch dude it's double dutch i do have funny friends but you can you can see it and you yeah. can see that they're they're trying to be funny and you're like you can have this one and you can actually have this whole night because I don't want to work tonight. You know, I don't want to, you can. You have the friend that's been working on a routine. You can tell he's been working on his, his tight five for a while. And you're like, all right, there it's you your go. let's, let's talk about it over a hamburger. <laughs> go. I, I do have, I do have funny friends. They, but I can see that like, they want me to turn it on. Yeah. But at the same time, I, you know, I like to, I like to take the night off. But when I was taking like comedy classes, mm-hmm. I, I would practice my routine on them, like on, in Uber rides and cab rides. I'm like, you want to okay. hear, you want to hear like a joke I've been working on. It, these, it, these are supportive friends. Su- supportive friends. And they're also funny too, but that was a different mm-hmm. time. That was a different time. Now we're all just friends. 
<laughs> I was, yeah, speaking of sad, I was like, I was just thinking, it's nice to have supportive friends. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, you know? Sometimes people don't want to hear my bullshit. No, they, they <laughs> don't. That's the thing, it's like, it's like okay yeah on this on this show we love to give a lot of advice so apparently yeah the secret to like going out is like never talk about your shit never talk mm. about never talk about your traumas what you're going through nothing heavy nothing that's going on in your life just yeah um and I don't say, talk about your job and do not talk oh. about what what you're working on because no one cares um i agree with all these things yeah, yeah. totally yeah and I and I also think people really want to be asked questions you know, right. at the end of the day. They do, you know, like nobody really wants to hear about you. They want to, they want to talk about themselves. They only want to talk about themselves. <laughs> yeah, they only want to talk about themselves. But I know, not everyone. There's a there's the, I do know a few non, uh, you know, self-absorbed people. A few, a few, a few. <laughs> yeah, it's like what can you talk about anymore? You know. Just that hamburger that you're eating. The hamburger, you know, you can tell you can whatever. Okay, I'm gonna add another rule to your list. Let's 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 put off uh, prestige television. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> we're all we're all we're all watching the shows. We know if we're at the point of the night where we're talking about what shows we're watching, it's over. It's a done deal. All right, I don't want to know about <laughs> you're behind on the crown or whatever. Oh. No. I like I I like this. Do you know why I I like um I I like what I like this rule that you brought to the table, especially the crown. We're we're big, huge crown fans on this podcast. Oh, I love it. I actually watched uh, episode one last night. It's great. Uh, uh, I know of, of the new season. Uh, uh, but come on, Tony, it's way better than talking about sports. Come on. Yeah. Like, you know it's true. I, I can I, talk about is, sports, but like I'm when I'm talking about sports, I, you're lo- yeah. I'm 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 losing interest. I'm I'm going home. And that's a that's a good point. You know, I I, I actually don't have a lot of sports fans in my life. Mm-hmm. I do have a couple, and I do find that with those guys, I do like get into it. But I feel like the TV thing crosses different uh, different backgrounds. You know, everybody's watching a, a certain show. Not everybody's watching you know the next game. Maybe, you know, actually very few people are watching the next game, but I know. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but um uh yeah, no, you have a good point though. Yeah. Getting into the sports can be a kind of a crutch. I, that's the thing. I just think people don't the thing about the prestige TV is that I think people are kind of not doing enough other things. You know, the TV's too good, the cable's too good. We don't have enough to talk about. And so Sags like over. yeah. You didn't, you didn't travel. You didn't, you know, maybe you're not traveling as much as you used to, or you're not going out as much. So we don't have other things to talk about. So now we're, we're going to the old uh, prestige TV crutch, which by the way, I love it. I watch as much TV as the next guy, but I just feel like you're at that point of the night over the hamburger. We're now we're talking about what shows we're watching. You know, it's, but here's, here's where (laughs) sports and prestige TV crossover Beckham. Mm. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, you're behind. You, you recommend? Uh, everyone does. Yeah, everyone. No, I've, does. I've, I've heard good things. Yeah, amazing things. But that's where that's where it's just like that's the Venn diagram. That's in the middle because where you've it's like everything 
different pockets of like prestige TV to real life to like reality TV reality and but it's right. it's just like beautiful people money like and yeah, also those are just beautiful like, there yeah. and and um and it's like everything that you want to be right there I I get it but I football I thought you're going somewhere else with that I thought you're gonna say the that Lakers uh show on HBO <laughs> which I haven't watched yet. <laughs> No. But I, I also hear good things. No, it's I, I think, and then like everyone, I feel like that is where people can connect and like talk yeah. about at bars because it's like these days people want to go out, right? These days people want to go out and meet new people. No one wants to deal with the apps anymore. No one wants to deal with social media anymore. They want to meet people in real life. Um, and I think so that's a great trend if that's true. It's uh it's like it's as simple as like even dudes complimenting other dudes on like their fits you know it's like yeah and even when like a guy comes up to a girl and like talks talks to a girl it's like it can be as simple as like yo i like your what they're wearing or like oh like or like people are just like meeting other people through like friends of friends like they just want to meet people out these days it doesn't even matter like you just gotta turn a tiny bit of the charm on um easy friends that's like i I love that yeah i love that i yeah i i feel that i definitely feel that it's um that human connection you know i just went out uh to um chicago a friend of mine just moved there and just a bunch of us just kind of just the weekend a couple nights Hit up a bunch of bars, ate a bunch of horrible food, mm-hmm. and just had a just just caught up, you know, met some people, but not really. Just kind of just we hadn't seen each other in a few years, mm-hmm. and just like that was like so needed, you know. Right. Uh, some of it might be coming out of the pandemic. I hate to keep referencing that, but it's a little bit. You know, that was a that was a tough thing in hindsight, you know. Right. That I ice, that isolation. Right, and it's just creep. Like everyone's an extrovert now. But uh, just creeping in, it's like trying to be the the one thing I I've seen myself do as of late is that I've been meeting a lot of people out and I've been having meaningful conversations with them, but I would catch their name at the end. And then the one thing that we don't do is exchange like info. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Yeah. I wonder what, like, I think that's people are too uh, afraid to, uh, too vulnerable for people i don't to, i uh, i think it it might be vulnerability or it might be like we'll see each other again in the future yeah well that's nice that's a nice way to think about it i sometimes wonder if people are still a little timid about like right. making that commitment to right. like friendship and putting yourself out there a little right. bit um i mean maybe that's just me I don't know. no i th- i think can, it's... I your, can i get your number rashad you don't mind yeah. put that in the chat I'll text you. <laughs> well, hats off to you and everything that you do for some Dasar Wear Many Hats <laughs> solutions. Um, you we should make a Wear Many Hats My Wingman comic. I would love that. Let's do a, a collab. A collab. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. No do doubt. it do it for this uh do it for this episode when it comes out. Yeah, let me know. Let's I'll think about that for sure. Yeah. Tony, where is the place that you like to go to hang your hat? To, I know we talked about the train 
word of like you reading, but like where you like to get your ideas or where you like to take a friend out, just catch up. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, there was a great bar here called Max Fish. Oh, love. That closed down in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the second iteration. The original one closed down and then they moved to another place. Mm-hmm. I think the one from Ludlow to Orchard. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was going to the Orchard one quite a bit and it was just like a bunch of old friends. We had kind of a regular thing. Not super regular, but it was like monthly. Mm-hmm. For a couple years there when I moved to uh, Orchard Street. And that was a place I could that felt easy. You just kind of met there and that was... a I'm kind of in the I'm in the market for a new version of that. So I'm open for ideas and suggestions. I've tried a few other spots, not quite the same, you know. Not quite. So I'm I'm in, I'm in the I'm in the market for a, a good dive bar. I don't even want to say dive bar. I want to say a nice meeting place, just to hang. You know, could be coffee, could be whatever. Um, I found that to be a, a thing, and then um, you know, honestly, I'm going to give a shout out to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. This is where my uh, my wife's from, and I've spent a lot of time there in the summers, and it is a pretty special place. It's totally different than anything I know about New York or otherwise, and it's a little town. It's got its own little weird history. Mm-hmm. I find that place kind of interesting and inspiring. Check it out if you're driving up the, uh, up, up the New England coast. Well, the fall foliage is uh, oh, yeah. quite something. I only... I should say I only usually go there in the summer, so. Oh. Good luck in the fall. Might be <laughs> might might be totally lame. <laughs> if you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? Ooh. I always like this expression because it used to be a thing, uh, I think on like like oldies radio stations. Mm-hmm. And it was uh it's it, this is the tagline. Good times, great oldies. That's it. That's perfect. Good times. That makes sense. Great oldies. Don't forget about that part. Oh, yeah. Can't forget about that part. Yeah. Plug your socials. Where can people find you? Uh, at my wingman on Instagram. And also at my wingman is now 10 years old. And we've got a, a zine out. So come hit me. I'd love to share it with you. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for coming on Wear Many Hats. It was great to have you. Thanks, man, Rashad. Nice to meet you, man. Maybe we'll catch up in, in real life. Definitely, definitely. I'm around until I'm not. Awesome. <laughs> cool, man. Till next time, this is where I made hats presented by Desar, and I'm Rashad. Peace. <laughs>